And hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven here for the Two Back Set podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Warburg. Joining me, as always, for our week seven show is Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Fusion. Greetings and salutations, football fans. How are we this week? And I, Well, speaking of, let's, let's, we'll start with baseball quick because, of course, you had to wear the Astros gear. Gotta rub it in the twins' face. You gotta. Seven straight seasons of ALCS. That said, though, from what I've seen so far, not a stretch to think the Twins might be one of the top three teams in baseball right now. Like, no, I mean seriously, because their pitching's been great. They actually gave, like, took a game in Houston. Like, obviously, they laid an egg on Tuesday, but when last night's game was a really good game. I think. I think what you're missing, and I think everyone else is getting swept. Yeah, I think that I think at this point the Twins need just a big power hitter. Yeah, we really don't hitter. have that. Someone that drives in those runs. And I will say that we were also missing missing prime Byron Buxton, which that yeah. sucks. Yeah. He got one at bat this whole postseason. It was like, dude, that guy's well, the ultimate was, if he could stay healthy, dude. He was not even supposed to be in the ALDS lineup, but they gave him a grace because of an injury. Like they have a there's a loophole yeah. where you can sub in and he got subbed in into game four. So hey, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, it's a good game though. But yeah, I think they're in a one one better starting pitcher away, plus like a more like Max Kepler really has tailed off in terms of power. Yeah, yeah. So somebody to replace him in the lineup, and I think the Twins are right there at the top of the AL. They're willing the to spend, year. man. They're spending thirty five. It ain't the Twins when I. It's not the Twins when I was a kid. You know, battling no, the Oakland no. A's for the cheapest organization in the sport. No. They they have stepped to stepped up to the plate. No pun actually intended. Yeah. I think they've been trying to be strategic about what they spend. Like with Carlos Correa, yeah. it was a big name. Shortstop with World Series experience. Yeah. Like that made sense. I think at this point, you guys do need to find someone that, you know, is is not guaranteed, but like this is a guy that's going to give you 100 RBIs. Like I think yeah, you need that. We need that, that dude because our, run, our runs and scoring position was just, yeah, that's what killed yeah. it. But yeah. that's, that's, that's baseball. We're here to talk football. We're here to talk yeah. week seven college football plus a little week seven, a week, little week six recap. Got some stories to break down. Well, might as well stick with Fusion's teams because OU took it to the Longhorns in the Red River oh, rivalry. Yeah. And now they've got the uh, what was the T-shirts now that say that. Uh, well, hang on, let me go to the let me go to college football Reddit because some someone had the actual quote from the shirt. Uh, Oklahoma only fears God. Texas fears Oklahoma. That's their new NIL shirt. Look, here's the thing. That like, game. Let's be quite frank about that game. I know, like, hey, it's Texas OU, meaning the winner always celebrates, right? At the top, like the peak, they celebrate, right? I get it. Reality is, is that at this point, Texas has a major win over Alabama, who looks like they're on the upswing, right? If both teams run the table, that Big 12 title game is could be more than likely for the final playoff spot. That's probably what, what it's because. But here's the thing is that, and I'm going to take a, a knock at OU, OU likes to shit the bed late in the season every damn year. So they could really screw Texas by losing to another team, you know, late late in the season, which is what they do best because when it counts late in the season, you could count on Oklahoma to lose, you know? So, um, you know, all things considered, very frustrating day for a fan like me, but considering two turnovers at the beginning of, in the first quarter, three turnovers throughout the entire game, the offense not playing like they normally have been all season. The defense definitely not playing like the way they had. It took them a few quarters to get into it. The offensive line got eaten alive by the the Oklahoma defensive line. All things considered, Texas was set to win that game with seconds to go. I mean, I mean, like 
it was that close of a game. Let's be real. Yeah, it was a so, good game. Yeah, I, I, you, I would imagine Texas is probably still favored in the rematch if it if it does come to pass. I would say yes, but I mean, like like I they, they, there is a lot of things, a lot of a lot of missteps on Texas's part. Now, don't get me wrong, Oklahoma's a very good team. I'm not discrediting that. I mean, they rebuilt that roster, particularly the defensive side, with transfers last year. After what happened last year, uh, that 49 to nothing loss, and then having a horrible season, like they bounced back. But with that said. There's two factors I have to count. Like I have to expect Oklahoma's probably going to lose one, which really affects if Oklahoma loses. I don't loses, know who to though. Oh man, that's a tough one to think. Like about, looking at right? the schedule, right. I don't know who beats them. Like, like they already bushwhacked Iowa State. Yep. And Iowa State's offense is actually getting much better, and they just just they they controlled that game. And I mean, there's Kansas. Maybe didn't they already play? They already play. No, they no, play, they haven't played um, them yet. They play the twenty eighth. So like okay, so I think it. I think I think Kansas could be a sleeper. I think the other two games that you can't look past them, West Virginia doesn't look like a beater, but they don't look like a horrible team right now. You know they're out there. They're not. Yeah, but you got to remember to miss the championship game, they'd have to lose twice. No, I'm not saying miss at the least. Championship. Yeah, but but he, no no no. What I'm saying is is that if Oklahoma loses a game. In the regular season, oh, you're talking. They will big picture. Playoffs. They will face. Gotcha. They, yeah, they they will face Texas. And if Big Twelve, if Texas wins, there's a possibility they don't get in because of that loss by Oklahoma in the regular season. Yeah, like, yeah, it really depends on the who to and the where. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma really has to run the table convincingly, and Texas does too. And then you know the winner of the Big Twelve title game will be that number four spot. I think. Unless I, the the my other thought is, when it comes to playoff in the Big Twelve. Say OU runs the table and then loses in the championship game to Texas. Now you got two one-loss teams, assuming Texas, of course, runs the table too, and yep. then wins in the Big 12. It looks like the Pac-12 is going to eat itself beyond yep. May, unless somebody comes out undefeated. It starts this week with with Oregon and Washington. Like this is where it you know subsists on itself. Like yeah, this is a t- this is a tough one, man. This really is. It'll be a very interesting thing because I could certainly see a world where both OU and Texas get in, Depend- now, depending awesome. on how other leagues play out. Now, the only way that would happen would be, like you said, would be Texas beats OU in the Big 12 title game, and it's a very close game. Exactly. And you would have to have, but at the same time, you would have to have Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State really. And I think it will, of, because they none of them things. look truly dominant. Yeah. Michigan's still yet to be tested against an actual good opponent. But... You could tell me Penn State's going to be Ohio State or vice versa, and I'd believe you either way. It does help that Alabama's back up to number eleven. They've looked yes. pretty good. I mean, this has really helped Texas's. Like this loss being a close one, like you know, a touch, a few points within a couple seconds of winning the game. Like this looks okay for. Te- I I don't want the, you know it's Dallas, you know it's the Red River rivalry. It's a Cotton Bowl. You want Texas. You want to win that game, but. There is redemption, and there is a possibility of going to the playoff if, like, if you look solid after this bye week and Oklahoma stays solid. It's, it's not the end of the world. But like you said, this is an interesting thing. Well, all Georgia has to do is just coast their way into the playoff at this point. I think mm-hmm. that's what I think. I think you know. I think Georgia's got it made, and could they still be a three-time champ consecutive? Yeah, it's possible, but. I, I would really. It would be weird to see Texas and Oklahoma in there. I be weird, that. but it it's possible. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had who were the two? We had two SEC teams quite several times now. Several right? times, Georgia yeah. And Alabama, Alabama. So that would be really odd. 
Just because they're joining the And because unlike Michigan-Ohio State, their rivalry game is much earlier in the season. Right, exactly. And that does help both teams, that it's earlier in the season versus at the end of the year, which can really botch things. But yeah, man, over the next few weeks, we're going to have the uh, the Pac-12 really make a mess of their own, you know, of themselves. And then, you know, the big three and, and the big 10 are going to get crazy. But then you got Iowa quietly chugging along, like not scoring any points. but And still winning games, which is the worst, the worst so, outcome. I would much rather they lose so we can get rid of Brian tomorrow. But... Hey, man. I mean, hey, this weekend may be a wake-up call. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, and we'll get to the Iowa-Wisconsin game in a moment. But... but, you know. I'm not. I'm. Am I disappointed? Yeah, but am I upset about it and heartbroken? Not really. Like, I because I, I realistically, as soon as it went down to the end of that game, I said, "Oh shit, Texas could still have a shot at this," you know, because it was a you know final possession game for them, and given the records and then that that Alabama win earlier in the season, it's like, oh yeah, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's not over yet, which is no, good. Not at all. Um. So other week six games, the big one we should talk about is the insane finish in the Miami Georgia Tech game. Oh Lord! I mean, the words "coaching malpractice" do not do that justice. Regardless of whether he was down or not, I know Miami's trying to deal with that with the ACC. It doesn't matter. The fact that your coach put the player in that position, yeah, is. I don't want to use the word insane because, like, there's the whole connotations with you know the use of yeah. that word. But it was unbelievably stupid. Middle school teams don't make that mistake. Very poor coaching on his part. Very poor clock management to end a game. Yeah. Like, I, I get, I, Iowa fans, we get on Kirk for his weird timeouts and stuff. You know, mis, misusing timeouts in the middle of games. But, like, nobody's ever actually gotten mad at Iowa for going into the victory formation. Right? Like, because the only other outcome is bad. And that's exactly and that happened. what happened. And whether it was a fumble or say a guy tore his ACL and maybe it fucked up his entire career. Like, you're really going to risk that in a gimme situation where all you got to do is bleed clock and you win. Yep. And then the doubling down in the po- in the post game of like, you know, all the, it was going to, re- the clock was going to recalibrate, whatever the fuck that means. Like, just utter insanity. Yeah, they deserve they deserve to lose eight, jumping all the way down to the bottom of the of the of the top twenty five because of that. Just because yeah, it's just that was ridiculous. Utter incompetence. Yeah, uh, interesting week, man. Because also Notre Dame lost to Louisville. They went in there not prepared and dude, Louisville Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom, magic yeah. is legit. Doesn't yeah. matter who he's coaching, where whatever team's got him has a chance against the top twenty five team. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it's. There was, it was an interesting week, you know, like I think Texas and OU was, and eh, but then afterwards it got weirder and weirder. And then when you sent me the clip, because I wasn't watching that Miami-Georgia uh, Tech game, but then when you sent me the clip, I was like, holy shit. I went back and watched it. I was like, this is bad. Like, yeah, like that's going to really replace the, you know, that what, what game was that? Was that a, oh, it was a 1999 game where the guy returned at 99 yards last second to win the game? Uh. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember who was playing, but like that clip circulates all the time. I'm like, this is why you kneel. It's kind of like the was it, that's Miracle at the Meadowlands is the NFL one, right? Yes. Right, like that. Those clips get circulated all the time. This is the new one. It's in high def, 2023. Coach still making that mistake. It's going to circulate throughout perpetuity in NFL and college football circles until yeah. somebody else does it again. But you know, if Mario Cristobal just flat out says, "I screwed up." I was cocky and I screwed up. Yeah, we don't. We would stop talking about it. We would talk. We would stop talking about it. The fact that he's doubling and tripling down—it's like, dude, come on, man. This 
There's no yeah. way you can you can get yourself. There's no way to save face in a situation like that. I mean, like you said, you could have got you could have gotten your player hurt, but the worst case scenario in terms of like just logistically speaking, how to lose the game, he fumbles the ball. You know, not it. It wasn't at the handoff too. That was the frustrating part. Like he was about to go down. Like you know, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, this is really bad. When you watch that clip and you're just like, oh god, yeah, like, just. Heartbreaking way to lose for the Miami guys, but oh, also man. just I'm sure monumentally were, dumb. I'm sure those players on defense, like on the sidelines, were just pissed at their coach. Like, yeah, because like the, coach... the letdown to let him score, but it's like you you just saw your coach basically put you in the worst possible position. Yep. And no matter how good your defensive coordinator is, no matter how good your your leadership is as a player, like there's something up here where you're like, our coach almost like wants us to lose. And I just can't imagine being in that situation, even subconsciously, just like dealing with that, trying to also not let the other team score to win the game. Right, right, right. Just so weird. Yeah. Speaking of weird, we need to talk about uh, the elephant in the room, which is me wearing Iowa gear because Iowa's offense is utterly and completely broken. Oh. And we've obviously, that's not a shock. What is a shock might be this number. I don't know if you frequent the college football subreddit which i do don't tell work but it spends i spend a lot of time at work on the college football subreddit <laughs> and uh guess what their yards per game is last in fbs by the way guess what the number is uh Oh no it's in the 200s oh it's two okay uh 218 249.2 i believe so the good. next lowest in fbs Next lowest power five, I should say. Okay. Has over 50 more yards per game. And that's a team Iowa beat in Utah State. Uh, next lowest in FBS teams on first downs, 14.5 a game. Uh, Iowa, guess how many they get per game? I don't know. 13. Only 13 first downs a game. So you're including, you know, first down of the game and in the ad after half and after punts, only 13. So wait, you said 249 yards per game, game. rushing in total, 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 total yardage, total offense. Just, just to put it in perspective, the top two teams in offense right now are facing each other this week, Washington and Oregon. Washington, 570 yards per game. Over double. Five, five, more than double. More than double. Now, and to be fair, yet, they, have, they have Michael Penix, who's one yeah. of the best backs yeah. in college football, but with that said, they still have no running game, but that's more than two times. And I was in a Big Ten conference that they're they're going to win their division more than likely. Yeah, it depends on this week. If they lose to Wisconsin, it's basically a two-game lead. Yep, which was, I, I picked it, remember, I picked this game really when we first started this Yes, show. we did. I'll so, go back to my notes here in a minute. But, uh, right. yeah, it's just, and yet they're 5-1. and one. And they haven't even scored like on defense that much this year, you know. Which was which was the case last they year. They haven't though. scored, got that many turnovers. Didn't you tell me they were on pace? Isn't it like was it like eight points per game or nine points per game? Uh, there was a stretch there where yeah, they were over a touchdown a game. Over a touchdown a game. It, it was, was crazy. crazy. It was nuts. And I mean, they're they're getting better, you know. Like they're they're finally getting to the quarterback. They're finally forcing more turnovers because it feels like the defensive line's finally figuring some things out because they had some guys who were hadn't played their position a ton, gotten that sure. many snaps, especially since Noah Shannon's been suspended. 
But, yeah, I just don't see how this holds up against Wisconsin because the over-under right now is 34. Yeah. Which would close as one of the lowest unders in betting history of college football or lowest over-unders, like the point total. I want to say last oh, year, man. it depends on the books. Iowa had a few last year in the 33, like 33 and a half. Iowa, Minnesota, I remember, set the record for a few books at 33 and a half, I think. And it's probably going to go lower because the weather is not looking good for Iowa, Wisconsin. And yeah. we'll start our pick'em conversation here. Um, but it's going to be like 28-mile-an-hour winds, rainy for the three, for rainy of the day of and the la- the two days before. So the field is going to be soaked. Well, it helps both schools that they both have number one running backs, like top-tier yes. running backs. and Caleb backs. Johnson. And... That dude looks he, like the the dude against Purdue. Yeah, he he was he looked, he looked like a he looked like a workhorse last week, and he's going to have a good season next. He's going to be in Heisman talks next year. I Adam, believe he. Will. Are you talking Johnson? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Not with our offense. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I have a, I have I have a feeling that I'm there's going to be some changes. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go feeling, ahead and clip this. I have a feeling that there are going to be some changes at Iowa going into next season. And that means that there's going to be some NIL money spent on offense. That's what I think. That's, okay. You could go ahead, you I will could go clip, clip this that, and go back that, to it. it. Write it. Take a picture. Write it okay, down. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. We're midway through 2023 season. Fusion's like, hey, 2024, I, Caleb Johnson for Heisman. <laughs> well, oh, I don't, no, 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 no. I did not say he's I'm going to win. I this. said he's going to be in Heisman talks. There's I mean, don't get me wrong. Difference. He is one of the most talented backs we've ever had. And I'm talking like Sean Green level talks, like Do Do well, well, Doek Walker or just Doa Walker. Doak Walker. Doak Walker. Yeah, like those kind of. He's he's that talented. He just has no, I mean, no offensive line. He, he's he's facing a they're they're facing a guy that is very similar that's had two really good years in yeah. Braylon Allen coming in, and I and I think that he should be at Heisman talk, but because of the fact that they're you know and he's a little record, banged up. Yeah, he, he is. They, they have up. a more. Their running back by committee is yeah, running back balanced. by like potential All American committee. Like they've yeah, got some yeah. great backs. Yeah, well, that's Wisconsin for you. But I have a feeling that that that, that Caleb Johnson's going to turn some heads next year. I yeah. really do, just because there's a lot of there, like Braylon Allen. I think he's going to the NFL. I I don't see him coming back next year. I don't he's see why he be, would. He's only 19 and he's in year three. That's crazy to think about. You know? Yeah, he but, came in young. He's had a great career. If I'm him, uh, go get paid. Yep. Um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of offensive talent coming out into the draft this year, and I think it's going to open a pathway for for Caleb Johnson to kind of turn some heads next year. But I I have a feeling that Iowa is going to change a few things in terms of offense. They have to, they, particularly with USC and UCLA. I mean, we said year. that last year, and yeah, that's true. That's very true. But you you're gonna have a new AD who's gonna have to put her stamp on things. Yes, if things go uh, the way we think. And I certainly hope she does. She's already made major changes with uh, with NIL. Already like talked about Carver and like changing a lot of how we they like structure game days, like with where the students sit, what kind of av- like what kind of facilities they need to like like perks mm-hmm. and things. Like, hey, they're gonna do we need more ice cream stands? Like, because that's a whole thing with Carver comes. Like, that's a whole yeah. it's a whole yeah. thing, and it's legitimately good soft serve. And it's a great kind of, you know, college basketball tradition. It's great. I think Rupp does this too, Rupp Arena. Because I remember uh, Jay Billis always gets the, the Rupp Arena cone when he's doing a yeah. call there. And, like, she's already, like, taking big swings in terms of, like, actually forward thinking with the athletic departments. Like, there's not a... 
it's a more than likely outcome that she's going to become the AD and then yep. also fire Brian. Yep. Which will be a well, great hey, day in Iowa City. It doesn't hurt for her that if she does come in, she's got one of the top female college basketball players to market out there. And you know, coaches, to too. Money. And coaches, yes. I mean, I think I think now is the time for her to kind of say, okay, we're going to have to make some changes. And, you know, as much as it, it was, it would hurt you guys as longtime fans, but to put the screws to Kurt Ferenz to do something that, you know, to make a change or he's got to go, you know, it, what does it hurt? How does it hurt her legacy? She's barely coming in, you know? So, yeah. And I think, and I think fans that are quietly like, he's pissed off enough of the boosters where you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. If you did it, like, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of feign upset, being upset about it, but okay. All right. Let's see what, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's make a few changes. And hey, man, I, I think, I think that puts, that could put you guys in a in a in a different spotlight, particularly because you guys have been in the Big Ten for you know quite a while now and have have a reputation of being stalwarts in the conference. You know, Michigan can't say that because there were some down years for for, for you know quite a while until Harbaugh got his shit together. You know, so Ohio State will always be Ohio State. Penn State's had some bad years, particularly under James Franklin recently. You know, so I think Iowa's just been Iowa this whole time. Yeah, and I think. There's an opportunity. There is an opportunity for you guys. So, I, you know, am I trying to give you a little false sense of hope? Maybe. Honestly, even bit. if they just be like, hey, can we, can someone, George Kittle, can you just steal San Francisco's playbook? Can you just, can you just photocopy it for us? That's all they need. Because we, right. we still run a pro system. It's just a bad pro system. Pro systems yeah. can absolutely work in the college level. Yeah. Clearly they can. You just need to actually recruit a good quarterback and also have a good route system. Like the Purdue game, they were like, yeah, there's three guys running routes and they're all within ten yards of each other. No wonder nobody's open. Like, right. thank you. It's the play action, the bootlegs, the zone blocking. It can work. You just your system needs to actually not suck, and that's not the case right now. So as long as we yeah, can just a, you... get to a system that doesn't suck and get a decent yeah. quarterback and or a healthy Cade McNamara next year, cross your fingers just for his own career. I hope he comes back healthy and doesn't re-aggravate something. You know, coming off couple of knee issues and now and the quad you know tore muscle and all that like you know i hope he comes back healthy but yeah it's yeah it's but gonna be know, an interesting man, off season but before we get to the off season yeah okay go ahead we got to talk about this week which is the iowa going to iowa hawkeyes going to wisconsin the hakai people going to the bajers you remember that video from back what was that 2010 that old youtube video ah yep. it's if you don't know what i'm talking about it's this guy doing this like mockumentary about Iowa and Wisconsin as like individual like native tribes coming to battle in the plains of the Midwest. It is one of the funniest things you will watch in come when it comes to like Big Ten football. It is yep. genius. And it is yearly watching for me. And I might even link it in the description below, either both <laughs> off the two back set channel or my personal one. So, so look down for that below. Like I said, the over under is 34, Wisconsin's favorite nine and a half. At least that, those are the numbers according to ESPN. Yep. It's a three o'clock Fox kickoff. So much the pre, the theme of my week is go with the home teams for my pick'em stuff. Okay. So it's no shot. I'm picking Wisconsin just because Iowa completed six passes last week. None of them to a wide receiver. None of them. None of them to a wide receiver. Zero catches by a wideout in that game. That's that's just crazy. I, I just don't that. see yeah. Wisconsin losing this game. I know the weather's going to suck if they try to throw. That puts more pressure on their offense and their quarterback, who has been not—I don't want to say turnover prone, but 
definitely thrown up balls where you got to wonder if Cooper DeGene's like, oh, yes, please throw that my way. Because that dude is that dude. And you wonder, can Iowa's defense keep him in it? And I think they can. I just don't think they're going to have enough to actually punch in touchdowns, which you have to do against Wisconsin, because they are going to run on you and score rushing touchdowns. Yep. You need to get in the you're end zone. About, you're talking about 205 yards rushing per game by uh, the Badgers versus 119 by the Hawkeyes. It's hard to really think about with weather conditions like that if you're not a really good running back by committee program, which we both have said that is Wisconsin right now. Yeah, all, time, all Tanner Mordecai has to do at this point is just manage the game. That's mm-hmm. really not screw it up and hand the ball off to Allen and those guys. Which is easier and, said than done against Iowa, but it's yeah. on the table. It's on the table, and you're, you know, you're in Madison. That's the big thing. You you have that Madison crowd. Whether it's going to be bad, but they're going to be, you know, they're 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 diehards out there, even with the the, the sleet. I've seen, well, I've watched games with snow and sleet, and they oh yeah, they feel it all the time. Yep, yep. So I, you know, I I'm picking I'm picking Wisconsin. Yeah. All right, so we got four other games on our pick'em yep. schedule this week. We've got Oregon at Washington. We've got Missouri going to Kentucky, USC versus Notre Dame, and UCLA taking on Oregon State. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the big one, Washington, Oregon. All right, we're starting Oregon, Washington. What's your take? Obviously, like I said earlier, the top two offensive teams in the country, you know, Washington being number one, Oregon number two. But when you look at this, Oregon has a much better defense. Uh, I think they're ranked like top 10 nationally versus in the mid-20s, I think, for Washington. But when I stack them together, I look at Bo Nix, who's a damn good quarterback. But Michael Penix is on He's on a warpath to prove that he is the Heisman winner, right? He He's proving he's doing whatever he can to prove that. Then I stack up off the running game. Oregon's a bit more balanced than Washington, not, then, for obvious reasons. Yeah for obvious reasons, but Washington's managed to get the ball out there. They're just not getting the large chunks because they're relying on Penix's arm. When I, when I look at when I stack these up together to me, I think about, okay, Oregon's defense is better. Um, They're downs. Oregon's better. Um, They have a quality offense and defense where, 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 why wouldn't I pick Oregon? And my gut tells me Washington's going to come out here and and prove something on Saturday. And I'm picking the Huskies to win. Yeah. Now I know, like if they're at home, so you say, okay, home team advantage. But you know, a lot of people like the money line is Oregon's gonna fucking run away with this shit, and I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. Fair How enough. about you? Um, I'm torn because I have to metagame this a little bit because I want to catch you in the standings. I know. So do I start picking against you mm-hmm. on purpose, or do I not? Just to give everyone a heads up on our leaderboard situation, Fusion is currently in the lead. Slim though it is. He's got 22 points right now. Eddie has picked 21. I have picked 19. Chris and Shadow both have 18. And Les, who doesn't play every week, she's at 10. Her percentage is actually pretty good in terms of picking yeah. winners. She yeah. had a couple four in one weeks. So do I I got three point I got three points to catch up by season's end. Obviously, between either of us, if either of us win, Eddie's going to get the wood burning. Right. But uh, I got to wonder, do I start picking against you? This is intriguing. Or do you try to hold on as long as you can? And then last week, flip everything. Flip everything because you don't want to lose ground. That's the other thing. That is the other thing. But to your point, I mean, Oregon's defense is legit. 
I mean, top, they're top five in the country. They certainly proved that against Colorado. Yep. They can shut down elite offenses. Yeah, they made Colorado. But Washington's offensive line is significantly better than Colorado's. That's very true. That's very That's true. an actual power five offensive and line. And this is this is a big test for Oregon because they they have three they're three receivers deep in terms of like top tier receivers for the Huskies. All three of their top guys are elite receivers. Yeah. Like this, this Washington team, when you watch them, you're like, oh damn, it's like I'm watching like prime Ohio State. Actually, you know who I think of in the NFL that, that I'm very reminded of? The old run and shoot Atlanta Falcons when I watch yeah, them play. I could see that. Like the old Bert Emanuel, uh, Duncan Hill, those guys. Like, but I, that Andre Risen, like that's what it reminds me of. Like the way they spread the ball around with these guys. It's like, oh shit, ah. I think I'm gonna stick with my home team pick for now. Okay. I may flip it. Okay. I might coin toss okay. this right before kickoff. Okay. So, but I'm gonna go with Washington. ESPN okay. has them favored by three. Now, we already talked Iowa, Wisconsin. I assume you're also picking Wisconsin. Obviously, yeah. Okay. Now we have Missouri going to Kentucky. Missouri, borderline top 25. Kentucky barely in the top 25 after getting shellacked by Georgia. I thought that would be a decent game. It was not. Georgia nope. finally was like, hey, whoa, wait a minute. We're, wait a minute. Last I checked, we're the number one team in the country, motherfuckers. Like, it just took it to Kentucky. Well, at the, it started off looking like, okay, maybe Kentucky's going to hang. But then, like you said, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. We're Georgia. Yeah, who's so blowing smoke our way? Uh-uh, you don't want this. So who are you going, home team or are you going Missouri? Uh, I think Missouri has a chip on their shoulder this week, man. I'm taking the Tigers. Okay. Well, Mizzou here. This is where we differ. This is where I might be able to make up some ground. I'm going Kentucky. I think Stoops is a heck of a coach coming off a loss at home, rebound game, you know, kind of proves you belong in that top 25 spot. I yep. think he's going to have them ready to go. Yep. Uh, and I think Missouri is nowhere near as good a team as Georgia. So no, I was. This should I be a torn. really good game. This one's one. Of the, I was torn. Should be one of the more fun to watch yeah. games. I was torn between picking the home team, like you said, Stu, it's you know a Stoops boy with something to prove after coming off a major. Talk about loss. a whiplash for Missouri, going yeah. from that crazy LSU game to oh, we're basically playing Iowa of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like, damn! Talk about a whiplash. I have a I have a feeling Mizzou's going to come out with a chip on their shoulder and they're going to catch an ailing Kentucky. I think that's 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 I think my I other think this is one of those another stat to throw your way. Did you know Kentucky is the lowest plays per game in FBS? No, I did not. Know By that. a full play, even over Iowa, fifty four point two plays a game. Like they slow it down, and Missouri can certainly play fast. We saw that against LSU. What yeah. wins? Flow over speed. With the clock rules as they are now, I want to say Kentucky has the edge there. Okay. So that's why I'm leaning them that way. Okay. All right, so now we're moving on to USC-Notre Dame. The old rivalry. Golden Domes versus the Trojans. I'll start this one. I'm taking Notre Dame. They're coming off that loss. They actually have already lost twice now, so their playoff hopes are done. Yep. I think Freeman, and this is where this is where to me, this is where Freeman really proves what kind of coach he is at Notre Dame. Can you get this team who thought playoffs? Can you get them to show up against USC? Not just show up. Can you show up and beat them? Because they don't have a defense. Can you get your team to go and just absolutely take them to the woodshed? Because I think they could with this defense. If anyone's going to expose USC so far on their schedule, it's Notre Dame. Can Freeman get them to do that? Can he get them that emotionally ready for this game? And if he can, 
Freeman's that dude at Notre Dame, even without the playoffs. So I'm going with Notre Dame. Okay. I've when I was watching that Colorado game a few weeks ago, all I kept hearing was USC has immense talent on the defensive side of the football. No one said they cannot they they haven't put it together yet. They just keep saying it's a very talented and very athletic uh team on the defensive side. Haven't haven't really seen that. With that said, I think that we're finally going to see something and I'm taking I'm taking the Trojans. Oh, we've got another differ for you yep. and me. Okay. So, so I think this could be the week where you could gain ground, man. This is, could see. be it because I I think that I think at this point Caleb Williams and that offense really knows that this that if they're going to if 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 he's going to be uh, a repeat Heisman winner, if they're going to push their way into the you know into the top ten and start making waves about make, getting into the playoff, this is where they have to start right here. And I think that they're gonna they're going to come out and 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 catch. I'm not gonna say catch Notre Dame by surprise. That's not fair because you know Notre Dame has a bunch of very well-coached, you know, elder statesmen on both sides of the football. But I think that Notre Dame has suffered. That Louisville loss was really embarrassing, man. Yeah. It, it exposed a lot of holes on that team. And remember, we talked about this in week one was, is Notre Dame a pretender or are they legit? And, I, you know, that Louisville game had me feeling like they were. They, they were Again, I want to say Jeff Brown coached that Louisville that. team. Purdue, look at the that. number of times Purdue – ankle bit someone into the oh, dirt yeah. you know like that wasn't just the purdue pluckiness that was jeff brom knows how to scheme unlike any coach i've ever watched he absolutely systematically destroyed phil parker's defense for half a decade no other co- no other coach in the entire country iowa has played has been able to destroy iowa's defense twice let alone five fucking times I feel like, bad for He's Purdue, such an incredible coach. Losing Brahms is just a, yeah. a tough What a blow. Hard for, and you could tell, Purdue, like, man. last couple, like this last year, they didn't yeah. have that magic. And nope. Louisville does. And Notre Dame got, you know, got introduced to, yeah, Jeff Brahm is that kind of coach. He is with the that, ultimate underdog coach. With that said, I think, I think that was, I think that was a loss that, that turned some eyes over to Notre Dame to say, okay, like these guys, because, you know, here's the tough thing. They play a, a very tough schedule. Yeah. This is a, if you go and look at that schedule, you're like, holy shit, like, and they're at two losses now. I think they're going to get number three against USC. This fair Saturday. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I do want to also one point. This is to, you know, thump the chest about Iowa. I heard a lot about, uh, you know, USC is this incredible five-star athletically talented team. And then Iowa took them to the woodshed and holiday bowl, you yeah. know, like, Sometimes those you know corn-fed Midwest boys know how to punch. I yeah, and I it wouldn't agree. shock me if they run rough shot, and I mean run, just the ball constantly and relentlessly against USC because I don't think USC can stop it. Their their defensive line just looks bad. Like I don't think I like they can that. stop a, a, a power like a traditional like what Notre Dame runs that pro running style offense. I don't think they can stop it. And if they do, Sam Hartman's pretty damn good quarterback. Yes, he is. So yeah. I, I just don't see how their defense holds up, but that's my take. And clearly you're seeing it more like this is their prove-it game. Yep. I'm I'm going at it from the other side. This is my they're exposed nationally stage. Okay, okay. And, you know, 
Notre Dame comes out and puts the screws to USC, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to be shocked. I, I just have this feeling like, okay, this is the situation that lines up to where Notre Dame's hurting coming into this game, you know? They're puttering in, and USC is going to seize an opportunity. That's how I see it. Fair enough. Well, see, that's why we talk football, is because we're not all yeah. going to have the same takes all the time. Nope. nope we have one more game to talk about, and that is a more underrated game because in terms of it probably doesn't look like either of them are going to be competing for the playoff spot, but still should be very good teams, and already are. We're going UCLA at Oregon State. One of the first to leave the Pac-12 and one of the last two remaining. That's a 7 p.m. kick on Fox. Oregon State currently favored 3.5 as the home team. What's your stance on the Bruins coming in, or are, is Oregon State going to hold the line? Um... Oregon State's going to hold it down in Corvallis only because I think that when I look at both of these teams, uh, of, you know, DJ is a much more seasoned quarterback where uh, I forget his name, the the, the freshman. Uh, Dante Moore, is it? Dana Moore? Dante huh. Moore. He's he's starting to show that he's he's starting to get, you know, a lot more comfortable with that offense. But when I look at the defensive side, I think that – I feel like Oregon State's much faster and much more athletic on the defensive side of the football, and I think that gives that gives the that gives the Beavers an edge here. I think I think I think between Washington State and obviously they're they've already lost some, but sure. I think there's an edge to these teams that are like, hey, we're you left you left us, all right? Yep. yep. Like we we got something to prove. Yeah, they're, they're, both both teams are playing with a chip on their shoulder. They really are because like everyone's talking about the slew of how good the Big 12 is. I mean, I'm sorry, the Pac-12 is, but they're talking USC, they're talking Oregon, they're talking Washington. Hell, they're talking Colorado and UCLA and Utah before they're talking about Washington State and Oregon State, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they're getting left behind in the conversation for this season while they're show showing, like, that game against Washington State, it was a banger until the very end. 38, 30, a three-point loss, you know? Like, it's not like they were blown away by Washington State. Yeah. So... Yeah, man. Like, you know, and they go a week later and they go and they slap Utah around. Yeah. So I I, th I think people are disrespecting this Oregon State team. And I think this UCLA game is a good opportunity for them to show, you know what? Screw all of you. Like, we want to be in the playoff picture. You, this game, not going to get them there. The final two games against Washington and Oregon, that's going to turn heads. And then you know, winning the Pac-12. That's really what it what will boil down to. Now, if 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 Wash if Oregon State runs the table, you have to put them in the conversation because they're going to have to face an, a, a Husky. Dude, can Oregon you imagine Immaculate. Oregon State making the playoff in the last year of the Pac-12? That would be incredible yeah. television. When when they when we don't know their future going into next season, yeah, like we don't know what's going to happen. To them. That would be That's amazing. Oh, be so with all fun. the money, with all the money spent with all these major, you know, these other high profile programs in the Pac-12 for Oregon to stay to kind of like, you know what I liken it to that that final scene in Constantine where he's flo floating to heaven and he gives the it just slips to off the devil. Yeah, just off the so devil. good. That's that's really Oregon State. Like someone needs to do that. Put Oregon State's logo on the back of, of Keanu's head as he's going to heaven and he just gives a finger and in the background you have the Pac-12. Yeah, that you would know, be great. Oh man, I mean, I I really like Oregon State. I do, and I think I mentioned this earlier in the season. I do like Oregon State. I had picked them to beat Washington State. I lost that one. I got that one wrong. But I didn't think they were going to beat Utah. I thought I thought Utah was going to beat them, not like run away, but beat them. And they impressed me against Utah. And then last week, just blown the you know 
The only thing is, is that Cal, that Cal team, they gave up 40 points. And that's, that's a big deal, man. That is a big deal, but I think that they win this week. I really do. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so that takes us to our picks. So just to give you the rundown, I am picking Washington, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Oregon State. Fusion is going Washington, Wisconsin. Did you say Missouri? Missouri, I'm picking Missouri, here. you're going USC and Oregon yep. State. Yep. We'll see where we come down next week. You you could you could you could vault me here, man. Did I think I catch you. Is it catch? I'm trying to think. Because it's oh yeah, I'd have to pick, make up three. I had to make up three. Okay. So we get we get very yeah. tight. Yeah, it can get very tight really fast here. Yeah. I think maybe towards season's end we should get Eddie on Eddie and Chris and be like, hey, what do you where are you guys at? You know, like for for picks for the final week. Might have to do that. Okay. See if we can get everybody in the running on on a show, or like get their give have them record their picks for the final week or something, and we cut are it we into doing the show. A, are we doing a week of pickems for the conference titles? I'm. All the games. I'll have to check, because and it depends on the set on the standings. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So. So it's possible we may be picking champion championship weekend. Yeah, because there'll be enough games on the schedule for that. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I have one other topic before we close out. This is something that has been dominating my Twitter feed today. All right. And it's something got? I believe I've talked to you about before in the past, but I don't ever think on camera. This is an Iowa thing. And I know, are you a chili guy? Yes, I am. I'm a See, imagine you're a Texas chili guy because, shocker, you're from Texas. And that, of course, for the audience, meaning basically no beans. Right. Which is the best way to do chili, in my opinion. Okay. So Iowa, go. This is going back, you know, fifty years to when my parents were in school. At least in northern Iowa, every time you'd get chili, you'd have cinnamon rolls with it. Oh, What's, we've talked about this before. What yes, is your okay. take on chili and cinnamon rolls? I want to know. That is that is a very when you first. I think you mentioned this last year, like in Discord, and I was like. What? And you're like, no, seriously, that's a thing out here. How is that not a thing anywhere? Yeah, else? every like, every school in Northern Iowa, at least that I so can know, you, recall. Do you remember what I threw your way? Like what what it is? It's in, in the South. It's chili and cornbread. Yeah, that's that's what know. I that's what I've done because yeah. it's more savory and savory. Like us, we're doing. I imagine the whole you know, whole thing is savory and sweet. That's like because you dip, because you dip it in ice cream. Yeah, because you it's dip like it dipping in your French fries in ice cream kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. that it's that kind of taste mixture. Uh, you know, man, I, I, I haven't tried it. I may have to do it. Maybe we may have to set up a bet here about, how about this? If we do the Kansas city meetup, okay. We'll get chili and do, and get like, find a bakery that has cinnamon rolls and we'll do it. We'll have to do it. It's Kansas city. I'm sure we can find, we can find some good brisket chili. Ooh, that sounds incredible. Dude, I'm going to tell you, man, as a Texas boy, a wagyu brisket chili will change your life. Oh, man. that sounds fucking I, good. I'm I'm I am dead serious. Like, I I got into the brisket chili a long time ago, but then I tried, uh, you know, smoked a wagyu brisket. I'm like, let me chop it up and make some chili out of this. And I'm going to break your heart here, but I did put beans in this batch. I use pinto beans. Sometimes you do some. Sometimes okay, bean that's kind not of the worst kind of bean. It's it's the, I don't like kidney beans in my kidney beans. No, uh, no, just mush. Yep, black beans. No, just doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Pinto beans are a good addition to ch- to a chili mix because they don't call. They don't. They're like they. They're like what an NBA referee should be. You don't see them. Yeah, they don't exist. They add the substance just, without. They the, add substance. They don't without, take away. Without, 
Yeah, and that's what that's what a pinto bean does in a chili, guys. Now, I don't always cook with pinto beans because I'm a Texas boy. Now, sometimes I do like to kick it up, add some beans and maybe some bell pepper. And I kind of put a ton of onions, but sometimes some bell pepper. But usually it's just the meat, you know, honestly. That's yeah. That's really it. Now, let me ask you this because I don't know how it's done with butchers in Iowa, but in Texas, most folks use ground beef, but there is chili meat as well. Yeah, like I, there, it depends on what you're doing. Like most chilies I'm going to have are going to do ground beef. Okay. Like seasoned ground beef. And then yeah. but you you could always do the like the like chunks of like um like the stew chunks. Yep. You know, if you just get them really tender and then yeah. put them in well, that, put so, them in there. So, it's just so a different bite. So some butchers take the ground beef and they put it in like little tiny casings, which is chili meat is what they call it. <laughs> Never and done that. When, yeah, it, it's so weird because it's really hit or miss when you go to a grocery store or a butcher. Sometimes they'll have packs of chili meat, and it, sometimes they usually they don't. But sometimes when I'm going to the grocery store, and I'm like, oh, let me, you know, either, if I'm doing like an online order, obviously I can't look. But if I'm in the store and it's like I see chili meat, I'm like, I'm gonna spend fifty bucks on fucking chili meat, and I'm gonna throw it in my freezer. So because I will tell you, like the the chunkiness of, of cooking with the the the, the case chili meat, it's just a little, it's just a different texture altogether, and it's cool. I like it. But usually it's ground beef. But yeah, man, I'll make it a little interesting. At some point, I'm gonna have to try it with the cinnamon rolls. I will. Fair enough. And we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to give you a southern style recipe of cornbread so you can try that too. Sounds good. That works for me. Um, speaking of food, what's on your either football or baseball agenda for food? Because your Astros are still playing. Yep. So I'm going to be in Dallas for some personal stuff this weekend. I'm probably going to say I'm probably going to do some hot dogs this weekend. Going to go to a local there's there's a couple local hot dog shops. Now, I'm going to I'm going to kind of spoil this for you guys, but uh I have my goal is probably Friday afternoon, Friday evening before uh all the madness kicks in with all of my business stuff on the weekend. When we get to Dallas, I'm actually going to stop on the way in to Goldie's Barbecue, which is a pretty one of the top spots in Texas. They have some of the best brisket. Now, is it the best? I think it's a little overrated in terms of like the stars people give it. It's not a five-star restaurant. It's probably like a four-ish, low fours. But they've got good brisket there. I'm stop there and then uh, probably enjoy some hot dogs on Saturday. What's up for you? Enough. What's on tap with you? Um, I'm thinking, well, number one, my local grocery store doesn't have fresh wings for the second oh, week in a row. Dude. It's some bullshit. They've got the preseason like, with their like barbecue rub. It's like, I don't want those. I'm trying to do buffalo wings here. You can't do that with a fucking barbecue rub on the wings. Just give them to me plain. That's all I want. But they don't, they don't do them on order. Which is... All I ask is if you buy a batch of these pre-flavored wings, I want to have a video of you taking a power washer to them. To just yeah, I have to clean them all. Hose off, hose off that stupid barbecue seasoning. Just, because, like, don't get me wrong. Because it's always, good, it's good always, on regular chicken. Yeah, but they always use sweet barbecue sauce at these stores. Like, what no, this is a dry rub. They don't. It's not okay, a sauce. Oh, a which rub. is like, okay. I'll give them this. It's a pretty solid rub. It's from Cookies, which is a they they do sauce and rubs uh, okay. near near my hometown, and but this specific store does it so fucking light. It might as well not even be on the chicken. But it's it's um, it will ruin a buffalo sauce. Yeah. Just like oh, this yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Great on regular chicken though, because then I just get more of it and just I I just dump it on when I'm. When did I'm you doing ever use rub. that? Did you ever use that dry rub I sent you a couple Christmases? Oh ago? yeah, that Stubbs dry rub. It's, it's got a good kick to it. Damn it? good. Yeah. Even my mom was like, my mom was like, okay, this is spicy, but I like it. Yeah, because when I cook, I usually I I don't I like to smoke it with chicken sometimes, but 
really um, country style pork ribs with that with that dry rub. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you haven't yet, go grab some country style pork ribs. I will need recipes from you because I'm buying a I'm buying yeah. a pellet grill, not a full okay. full on smoker because yeah, that'll wait until I have a house. Sure. But the pellet grill is a good middle ground because I'll keep the propane grill, yep. do the pellet grill, you know, and get the wood chips so it actually has some like wood smoke. Yeah, and then it's a good middle ground and very set it and forget it. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have a little conversation because there's certain types of woods used with different types of meat. Like you yep. don't want to use mesquite with with brisket ever. Cook with just straight flat oak hickory. Sometimes don't use pecan. Pecan has a much of like a sweeter taste to it. Don't use that. You what I recommend is if you're gonna get a pellet smoker like that, if you can get those pellets, get different ones. Get get hickory. Get mesquite and then just get flat oak, traditional oak. Those different three because they all have a different like. Yeah. Mesquite has a much like a bitter, barky taste to it. Uh, hickory has a little bit of a sweet, sweetish, sweet flavor, and then oak is just a good traditional just smoke. That way, if you have salt and pepper, it just gives you the classic hill country Texas style barbecue taste. You know. Yeah. But man, it's a good start, man. Yeah, pellet grill. I don't, I don't, I don't bemoan anybody that 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 that, that wants to smoke with a pellet grill, except for one situation, and that's with brisket. No, I'm not. Even, use, I don't even think I can do brisket. It doesn't agree with me. Oh man, that's yeah. It's that is like a chunk of meat that just tears people up. It is. Yeah. Like it's. So I'm it's, thinking like give me some uh, give me some good pork loin and just let it loin, go. Let it go. I, oh. You could try, you could try tri tip with that pellet smoker. You can even do some ribs too. Honestly, some good some good uh, baby back ribs, man. I'll give yeah. you a few recipes. Heck yeah, I'm excited. Well, that's gonna do it. Before we go into a full on food podcast, yeah, uh, here for week seven for the two back set show. You can follow us individually. I am at Mr. Warburg. Fusion is at It's Mr. Fusion. Be sure to check us out. Hit the subscribe. Leave a review on podcast services. I certainly appreciate it. We'll be back for week eight next week. Uh, time dependent based on my own schedule. Fusion's Astro schedule. We'll, uh, we'll let you know when we're recording and when the episode will be live. So give us a follow. And we're at Two Back Set on Twitter. See ya. Later.